0: Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom from Jerusalem. This is Watchman Talk, a series of conversations with military and security practitioners and experts. And we are very honored to have with us today Brigadier General Retired Avigdor Kahalani. Welcome. Thank you. you. You know, this is TV 7, TV News 7. And the number 7 apparently plays a very prominent role in your own career. You have been the commander of a battalion. Um, 77. Figured 77, and then the 7th Brigade. Seventh brigade seven. And up to now, your phone number, as well as your license plate, always uh, <laughs> hold um, the uh, figures Seven uh, several times over so today for your 77th birthday Thank you for coming and um, Our viewers uh, wouldn't know Until now, but you are one of the only Warriors in Israel who hold the highest medal for valor uh, Which is the equivalent of the congressional medal of honor So um, we are very fortunate to have you. You also have uh, another medal, uh, the uh, sort of a bronze medal, if um, valor is the uh, gold standard. And this is from a previous war. And General Kaalami, in our second uh, conversation, we will deal with your um, later career, including your service as uh, Minister of uh, Public Security in um, the government. But let's first uh, try to focus on your service as a leader, as a commander, in six levels of command, from a single tank, to a platoon, to a company, to a battalion, to a brigade, to a division, which is very rare in armies throughout the world. And this uh, is what you have done from the mid-1960s until the early 1980s. So first of all, uh, tell us something about your family. Um, Where did you come from? Why did you enlist in the armored corps? Uh, My family, they immigrated from Yemen in
0: 1925. um, uh, From the side of my father. From my mother is three years after that. Uh, Both of them, they were one year old. At that time, they grew up in Tel Aviv in the Kerem at the Manim, most of the time and in 1936, my father moved to Nestiona, he ran away from uh, Jaffa. Uh, we have events at that time and they shut his, uh, his tent. And this was and, um, uh,
1: an agricultural
0: colony south of Tel Aviv? Yeah, it's uh, Nestiona, yes. And he grew up her, there, and he got married with uh, my mother, and uh, in they the live in Estiona. I uh, was born in 1944 in Estiona. I grew up there, and uh, my my family is a very poor family. Um, my mother, she suffered a lot, but she didn't know how to read. Even she grew in Israel because she had to start to work in six uh, years old, and my father almost same. And I... I studied after the, the high school was uh, old, a mechanic uh, study, and uh, I joined the army in uh, '62.
1: Now, um, at that time, there was a famous saying by the first prime minister and minister of defense, David Ben-Gurion, that he wishes to see a Yemenite chief of staff, uh, the um, uh, highest uh, rank in the... Israeli Defense Forces from a Yemenite extraction, but there weren't <laughs> too many uh, senior officers uh, Which you could see as an example for a military career? I tell you it's uh, it it's a symbol
0: that Ben-Gurion asked for, uh, you know His wish uh, was the, to to get the Yemenite and somebody that came from Yemen and he can he became a general in the Israel army This is a very very symbol. I don't think that he mean that he uh, from Kalani family somebody will be the the chief of staff anyway I joined the armor I became um, a private soldier in the tank and after the tank commander and they sent me to the officers course and uh, yeah well, I didn't graduate <laughs> yeah
1: that, now um, usually the Israeli defense forces pride themselves on being able to spot. Um, commerce, people who are going to serve uh, not only honourably but reach senior positions, but apparently in your case they failed. Not only did they not spot your potential, they decided to wash you out of officers' candidate school. Why? I was uh, a candidate number one in tank commander
0: course. I graduate with the sergeant, and uh, everybody with a couple. Uh, corporal. And uh, when I was in the officer schools, they have decided after a month that I'm not uh, belong to uh, the group that is going to be officers. And they kick me out from there. And the reason that was written, he uh, said, uh, uh, this man doesn't have uh, the ability to lead people and to be commander of people. Um, I I felt very bad at that time because I graduated a month before with the the highest degree, with the leadership uh, uh, degree. Anyway, uh, the reason that I'm officer is because I was number one in tank commander course and uh, chief of staff with uh, the the, uh, the head of the, the Army Corps. Decided together to send me to uh, the second level of that. Uh, it's not like the American American they have a West Point, and uh, but this is for uh, the armor officers qualification yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a you have to pass The this the the
1: first level, and after that you can. Uh, the first level is universal for all officers, yeah. and the second one is only for armor cadets. And I was in the course,
0: and I graduated number one, the degree. But they couldn't give me a rank. They asked me to go back to the basic officer schools, And I said, no, of course not. They tried to convince me. I said, no, 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 no. And they didn't know what to do with me. And,
1: after and you had that, a temporary they, rank of uh, second lieutenant. Uh,
0: they, um, they gave me, uh, after nine months, after nine months they gave me uh, the rank, uh, second lieutenant. But uh, I was a private soldier. So I was platoon leader that time, three tank commander and uh, in the Army Corps. And uh, after nine months, they have decided to give me a rank, and it was written a, um, a note, if this man will not go back to the basic officer course, he will retire like a sergeant. <laughs> it's, I have the note, I didn't know, that until now, the paper. Uh, anyway, um, I've decided to stay in the Army just uh, by mistake. Um, They send a small group to German to study the uh, patent tanks.
1: So now now we have um, to uh, explain that in the mid-1950s, for the first time, the United States decided to supply Israel with some planes, the uh, Skyhawk plane, and with some tanks, but not directly, uh, but through uh, West Germany. The Federal Republic of Germany and uh, the reason was that the United States did not want to become an arms supplier to the Middle East, to the Arabs as well as to is- the Israelis. And uh, you were sent as part of the group to study yeah. the uh, M48 uh, Patton tank Peten in Germany. A1.
0: Yeah, they sent us to uh, Germany, Munsterwager, we studied we study there and for two months in German the language. And uh, we didn't have any relationship between Israel and Germany at that time. Even uh, anything, nothing. We studied with a small group, a very classified uh, group. And after that, we came back to Israel. What did you tell failed. your family? Uh, they uh, told us that we have a special mission in, in Europe, in, in Europe, but uh, nobody know uh, where we are, and the Germans didn't know where who we are. They thought maybe we are like a. Uh, Turkish people, now it's, it's, it's completely different. Everybody can identify people from how they speak, how they, they wear clothes and something like that. The, 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 the last day we, we told them that we are Israeli and uh, we, we uh, moved back to Israel and after that we built the first battalion, uh, Peton Battalion. And this battalion, um, it was the battalion that I participated in '67 1967
1: war. The other uh, battalions were either British-made Centurion tanks or old American Sherman tanks. Sherman, yeah. Okay, now, it used to be uh, a mix before that. Okay, now, um, you get to the Six-Day War, 1967, you're a company commander, um, a lieutenant. Yes. And you participate uh, in some very, very hard-fought battles um, on the southern front against the Egyptian army. What happened? Um,
0: I was a company commander. I had 14 tanks, one four. I was the first Israeli tank crossing the border in the 5th of June, uh, almost 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, um, I had to uh, give uh, um, order to the, the platoon behind me to uh, to, uh, to pass my tank and to cross the border, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I, uh, you
1: wanted to and, be uh,
0: the first. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't feel well to send him to, uh, to be the first. Uh, usually, the, the platoon leader is is uh, going before the company commander, and company commander should be uh, number four, number five. And That we have in the training, we have done it. Anyway, uh, I was the first Israeli tank, and after 500 meters, it was exploded under my tank, and I jumped to the second one, and after a kilometer, another bomb in in my tank, and I jumped to the third one. So the
1: procedure is, if the leader's tank is disabled, he goes to another tank, yeah. and the tank commander leaves and goes elsewhere. Yeah. He
0: uh, um, he, uh, he he was on my tank. He tried to protect himself and, he, and and my crew. And I found myself a um, few minutes after that in the middle of road of uh, Khan Yunus. Um, like, you know, Khan Yunus is the, the town in the center of the Gaza Strip. It's... Hundreds of hundreds of Egyptian soldiers waiting for me, and I was with my tank. You were already famous <laughs> Yeah uh, First I didn't know that I'm, I'm Israeli in the first moment because uh, you know my color look like them Anyway, uh, it was a hard combat in the main road in Khan and the people behind me the, my, my soldiers they used to shoot my tank just to protect protect me and we shot all over with uh, with the, the, the cannon with the machine gun and, and they tried to stop the first tank if they could stop me uh, all the, all behind all the uh, column behind me uh, nobody can move anyway it was hard and after that I moved to the beach and I took to the left and to a huge huge town in Rafia Rafa Rafa And I move on the Rafah. I didn't have a map. I didn't have artillery. I didn't have uh, intelligence. I didn't have uh, infantry. This tank, and behind me, this moment was um, almost 30 tanks. One crazy go in the first, and everybody uh, joined him. And I didn't know how to get out from the town. And I didn't have any map, because I lost it. And I found the way how to get out. How about ways? No ways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You make me laugh. Uh, anyway, um, I remember the train, the rail, um, is, uh, is, the moment that I, I came to the town, I moved back and I used that to get out from the
1: town. This is the uh, railway Going well, all the way yeah, to the Suez all Canal. The way.
0: They, saw, they told us before that don't touch the railway because we have to uh, maybe to take some uh, vehicles from Egypt after that. I, I looked right, the right and right. I didn't see any lawyer behind me, and I have decided to use it. Anyway, uh, the main combat was in uh, uh, Rafiah intersection. And it was uh, it's almost like division wait for us. And uh, we we shot them, they shot us. And and after uh, maybe an hour, I've decided to move forward and to attack them.
1: Just to illustrate, there were three axes going from Israel, from the southern part of Israel, into the Sinai, which was part of Egypt. And you were on the northern axis, the coastal route. Yeah. Yeah. the 7th Brigade Commander was Gorodish, and the,
0: brigade, the Division Commander was uh, Talik, General Tal. And it, my mission was to attack them on the, You know, it's, it's a, it, uh, this moment, I remember so well. Why? Because it was after three or four kilometers that uh, we moved forward with all our tanks. It was the best and maybe famous picture from the 67 war. And the famous picture from '67, when I asked somebody, he said, Oh, the uh, people, the soldiers near the coter. No, 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 no. The famous picture was the boots on the dune.
1: I remember that. They ran away from me. Egyptian soldiers um, untying their shoelaces, throwing away their boots in order to run faster yeah. on the sand. And they threw away the rifles?
0: And run away. I didn't shoot, of course, at that time. But this this picture, when you see the picture, you understand why what happened to us in seventy three war, <laughs> because the the feeling that we are strong and we can do whatever we want, and uh, they uh, start to withdraw from us. Enemy immediately. Uh, this is the picture. Anyway, we fought all over the day. Uh, um, how, and, did, how did you uh, get uh, wounded? Um, at the end of the day, they said the 7th Brigade and the, my battalion commander said that Victor lead the the, the, the older brigade to uh, the capital of Sinai, uh, El Arish. Uh, we didn't have any plane to come in the first day to the capital of Sinai. I was very proud. I'm the youngest uh, officer and uh, uh, company commander in the brigade. Um and I was the first Israeli tank, and behind me my company, behind the, the brigade commander and uh, the company, the uh, battalion commander. I didn't know. I was close to El Arish, and I found myself in the middle of ambush, and I didn't know that. Armed ambush. Uh, it's. I didn't know which kind of ambush. Of course, was uh, some tanks uh, waited for me, and it was. Um, Suddenly this is, this I found a, it was a bomb on my tank. This is the Girardi? Girardi, yeah, of course. And um, suddenly it was a uh, bomb, and they shot my tank, and I fell down. And I tried to jump, and I couldn't. All the tank was in fire. I tried to, um, not to scream and yell. I didn't feel well because all my soldiers listened to me. And I try once, and I fall down, I transfer and fall down. And it was the moment that I say shalom to the world. I say shalom to the world. I said, "This is this is my my life."
1: You were burned,
0: and and and, and many many many, many uh, slides like picture running in the phone in front of me and saying, shalom to the world, and I start to scream. Do you know what to whom I called? Your mother. Yes, of course I called to my mother. She, said, ima, and she listened to me until next year.
1: <laughs> Two hundred <And> kilometers away.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I succeeded to jump out. I was like a tort. I lay down on the dune, and I you cam- were in
1: the turret. Your your seat was in the turret. Uh, yes, of course. And you managed and to pull yourself out of I, the turret. I pulled. I pulled uh, and rolled And after
0: that, I uh, had a. Little power to push myself outside. And you
1: were on fire? You had to roll in the sand yeah. in
0: order? I, I, I covered all myself uh, with, the, with the sand from the dune. And I tried to sleep over there. And suddenly I saw tanks behind me from my company. They tried to run away. One of them almost killed me. And I lost all my clothes, just the shoes, uh, that the boots was with me. And I ran uh, 300 meters back and I climbed to another tank. They took me... Um, almost seven hours until I arrived
1: to uh, the hospital in Beersheba. Um, so you, you were decorated for bravery and leadership uh, in this battle, but you had a very long recovery, recuperation ahead of you, a year or so of surgery. Yeah, I was in the hospital a year.
0: I didn't know that uh, my deputy that I jumped to his tank was killed. And the, the loader was killed. Uh, my gunner was sleeping close to me in the hospital. I didn't recognize him. The driver, nothing happened Because he was burned badly? Yeah, burnt yeah. yeah he's in his face. And I was here in the hospital, uh, recovered with uh, 12 operations, skin graft operation. They took skin from my hand and I put it on my back. It was a uh, hard, hard, hard year for me. I suffered a lot.
1: Okay. So the natural uh, action for for a veteran like you, you served very honorably, you uh, gave your share. Now um, you should be <laughs> discharged and uh, start civilian life. Yeah, people come to me and say,
0: the Victor, what we are going to do? I said, I'm going back. I said, what? I said, yeah, okay, I'm going back. I said, but you have to uh, said, give me a little bit to study. And uh, and I moved back and nobody asked me uh, in the future after that, uh, what is my uh, medical profile? That's the moment that I decided to jump from airplane, you know, to be a paratrooper. And they uh, asked, give us the paper. And uh, I had a paper that it just said uh, 100% not... <laughs> disabled. <laughs> yeah, I'm disabled. And I took the new paper and I wrote 97. This is the highest uh, medical profile. Forgery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so you simply forged your papers in order uh, to go to
0: jump school. I uh, jumped 12 times from the airplane uh, instead to jump three or four times at that time. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought maybe I have, you know, um, a post-trauma, but I couldn't even talk about it. And it's, I keep it, it's like a secret to myself. Because when you stay in the hospital for a year, and you suffer so much, and everybody has some some kind of post-trauma, and I've decided to keep it to myself and not to talk with anybody in the world about it. And I said, I hope I will behave okay in the next world.
1: Even in, uh, with your fiance, Dalia, whom you married uh, on your uh, armor base? You didn't yeah. share these experiences? No, no because she uh, she didn't encourage
0: me to go back to the armor. They have all the family. They look at me like I'm crazy, uh, and uh, but I, I didn't care about it. I've decided if I'm in the army, I'm going to continue the way to be commander and to lead people. If I'm gonna be like a clerk in some place,
1: I'm. So you you were sent to the uh, armor school in order to lead and train other cadets and other trainees and uh, after that uh, you were took part in a new battalion uh, the one that you were about to lead uh, during the 1973 war and um, I remember seeing you in one of the exercises in which your um, Battalion And one particular company was supposed to um, take a famous but then secret cylinder bridge and drive it all the way to the Suez Canal yeah. as, as part of an offensive operation. Nobody thought that this uh, bridge will... Yeah, that time we were located in Sina- Sinai.
0: And our mission was to cross the Suez Canal. And uh, this is our mission. But suddenly, they, um, they called us uh, uh, 10 days before
1: the war started to the Golan Heights. It, it doesn't uh, sound like a very small decision if you have <laughs> one particular company in one particular battalion trained to do something and move it all the way to another front. Uh, you know, but uh,
0: it was a trade from Syria that they're going to attack the Golan Heights. And they took immediately my battalion. I had uh, four companies, uh, unusual, it was the... the the biggest uh, battalion uh, in Israel, and they moved me to the Golan Heights to uh, protect it during the uh, the time and uh, um, Rosh Hashanah, the New Year uh, holidays.
1: Now, um, your brigade commander, another Avigdor, Avigdor Bengal, Janusz. Bet- better known as Yanush, um, was famous for always saying that war is just behind the corner and that you have to be ready, even though most of the time, of course, it was false alarm. How come this time around you were readier than other parts of the Israeli Defense Forces?
0: Uh, We moved to the Golan Heights. We found there uh, just uh, around 60, 65 tankers ready.
1: You were Um, airlifted and you got uh, matched with other tanks waiting for yeah you. yeah we we took from a
0: warehouse uh new tanks and uh, we moved to the Golan Heights my mission was to uh, to be a counterattack to the south to the north and I didn't know the area you know it's the Golan Heights is completely different and it came from the desert and the Golan Heights is a stone volcanic area you have to you don't know how to move with your uh, your battalion and of course we studied for 10 days uh, Yes, Janusz Bengal. He was the man that uh, all the time he said, "Tomorrow is the war. Tomorrow is the war. Tomorrow is the war." When he sent me, he said, "Yeah, you are going to going to fight." And a day before the war started, he moved with his supporter and another two battalion to the Golan Heights, and we found ourselves in the Yom Kippur and all seven brigade over there. I was lucky at that time because I came ten days before.
1: So. General Kalani you were a lieutenant colonel at the time you were experienced um, in the 1967 war some other officers perhaps had uh, some experience in the so-called war of attrition which was a stationary very few which was a stationary exchange of fire not a war of movement but here you are every 3 years your soldiers your troopers change because they are conscripts they they of course uh, enlist in the army, they train, and then they move to the reserves. But your battalion was regular army regular regular army
0: I just uh, I was lucky at that time because i I finished two months to uh, teach my uh, my soldiers how to operate tank and uh, we uh, they graduate uh, from that uh, course a special course. Uh, they were ready to... Um, so they were
1: less than a year in the army? Uh, most than of than them? Them. Less, less, less than a year. Okay, so now the um, the battle for which um, you are most famous for in the so-called Valley of Tears on the Golanites, we'll get into in the second part of our conversation, and then we will move on to the command of a brigade, a division uh, during the... Uh, first uh, Lebanon War and then on and including your service as Minister of uh, Public Security. So for the meantime, General Avigdor Kalani, thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.